Good evening, everybody. Amos Perak Gimel, chapter three of the book of Amos. It is late at night here in New York, but I am super excited to share an idea that has been on my mind for many years, which but which I have never actually been able to share. And that is the following. I would like to share today the presentation of Yitziat Mitzrayim in the book of Amos. What in Amos's hands, what significance does the story of the exodus from Egypt take on? Of course, Yitziat Mitzrayim is perhaps the ultimate narrative of the Tanakh as a whole. From its origin in Shemot, it becomes a core origin story of the Jewish people, of their origin, of, the rela- of their relationship with God, of the obligation of their loyalty to God. We have seen it in many books in Tanakh. Most recently, we saw it in Yoel, which is suffused with re- references to Mitzrayim, and in Hoshea as well, who presents Mitzrayim as God's memory of his loyalty to Israel, lamenting that Israel has abandoned him. I would like to suggest that Amos has at least three very interesting instances where he really remakes the meaning and significance of the Mitzrayim narrative. Example number one, the first verse in our chapter. Shimu et hadavar hazeh, asher diber Hashem alechem b'nei Yisrael. Listen to this matter which God has spoken to you. Al kol hamishpacha asher he'eleti me'eretz Mitzrayim. Concerning the entire family I brought up out of Egypt. Rak etchem yadati mikol mishpachot ha'adama. Only you have I known from amongst all of the families of the earth. Alkain, therefore, if God alechem et kol will I visit upon you, will I hold you accountable for all of your sins. There is something here which Dr. Aaron Collar, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, calls the rhetoric of surprise. And that is that Amos is leading his listeners down a certain direction. The verse begins, you are the only family who I have really known, who I have entered into a true relationship and a treaty with. And you can imagine the people listening to this and thinking, yeah, that's right. This, this feels good. We agree. This, this is, you know, this is what makes us special. God loves us. He took us out of Egypt. And then Amos flips it, having got them into this position. Therefore, I will hold you accountable. The idea itself is not such a... Uh, unique one to Amos, the idea that greater privileges bring with them greater obligations or accountability. But the rhetoric and the style is something quite particular to Amos, which we will see at a number of other junctures. He lures them into thinking one thing, which he is about to say, and then flips it in the other direction. You feel really great. God has taken you and you alone out of Egypt. Therefore, I am going to hold you to account. That is example number one from our chapter. But if we go to the end of the book, chapter nine, 
we will find a use of Yitziat Mitzrayim by Amos to be something seemingly very different from what was just said and astonishingly radical. Chapter 9, verse 7. Halo kivne kushim atemli. You are like Kushim Ethiopians to me, B'nai Yisrael, O children of Israel, says God. Halo et Yisrael he'eletim eret Mitzrayim. I brought Israel out of Egypt. Uplishtim mi kaftor. But I also brought the Philistines out of kaftor. V'aram mi kir. And I brought Aram out of kir. Seemingly, what is being said in these verses is that Israel is not unique. So Jews, you want to say that God took you out of Egypt and on account of that you have a special status and a special relationship with him? Well, people have moved. There have been migrations of people many times in history. The Plishtim moved from Kaftor. Kaftor, believers, Cyprus. Aram moved from Kiel, and if God is responsible for everything, then he was also involved in their history. Are you more special than they are? And I was looking through the classical commentaries to see if anyone really picks this out, and the person who makes it most explicit is Rabbi Yosef, 13th and 14th century uh, exegete living in Provence. Listen to what he says. On this verse, he says, I think that means the treasure house of God, this is called. The intention of this is to let us into a deep secret, which is to say, God brings out of from slavery to freedom, also Israel, Aval gam yeter am va'am, also many other nations. Kirtzono ukechechzo, as God wills and desires. There are many nations who God has brought out from slavery to freedom. Israel are not unique in this. Now it's important to understand that there's a, a, an important theological uh, idea concealed here, and that is that God is responsible for everything. One could look elsewhere, certainly, for instance, there's a fascinating verse in Devarim chapter 4, verse 19, if people want to look at, in which it seems to imply that God is actually only involved in the history of the Jewish people, but other nations have their own mazal, stars, moons, be it angels, be it sub-deities, whatever we want to call them, God is not intimately concerned with that. In Amos's hands, God is concerned with all people, and Israel's claim to exclusivity based on the exodus from Egypt is thereby challenged. Now, it should be said that in the following verses, Amos does give Israel some exclusivity. He says as follows. It's a, rather a, a grudging exclusivity. I will destroy her, Israel, from the earth for her sins. But I won't completely destroy it, not utterly destroy it. That seems to be a privilege that not necessarily every other nation has. So even Amos at his most radical of denying the uniqueness of Israel still has that sort of grudging promise 
which is given to them. But we have seen, therefore, in chapter 3, Amos presents Mitzrayim as fundamentally being a chosenness that results in a higher level of obligation and accountability. Only you I have known, Alkain, therefore I will remember everything you have done. In chapter 9, he seems to move to an equally even more challenging idea, and that is that in fact every nation has their unique relationship with God. Our relationship to God comes through the Mitzrayim story. Other nations have their own way of relating to God as God has related to their story. And I'd like to conclude with the suggestion of Michael Walzer, whose very long essay, it's an 80-page essay, I mentioned in my first recording. Michael Walzer points out, as I think I also mentioned, that the word of the book is Ashok, Ayin Shin Kuf. In our own chapter, we have as follows in verse 9 of chapter 3. Assemble on the mountains of Samaria, observe the great turmoils within it. I think it's talking about within Israel, I could be wrong, but either way, the many oppressed people in it. This is what Michael Walzer has to say. He says, the shift in terminology... Pardon me, he says, in Exodus, the word that is used the whole time is lachatz. In Amos, it is ashok. The shift in terminology suggests nicely how Amos responds within the tradition to a new social experience. Lachatz, the Egypt word, means to press down, to squeeze, to crush, to constrain, to coerce. That was the experience of slavery in Egypt. The range of meanings evoked by Ashok is quite different. To maltreat, to exploit, to wrong, to injure, to extort, to defraud. Lachatz has political, Ashok economic connotations. And Walzer then goes on to say as follows. Amos's main charge throughout the book, his critical message, is not that the rich live well, but that they live well at the expense of the poor. They have forgotten not only the laws of the covenant, but the bond itself, the principle of solitude. Chapter 6, verse 6, concludes, They are not grieved for the brokenness of Joseph. More than this, they are themselves responsible for the hurt of Joseph. Walter concludes, they are guilty of the Egyptian crime of oppression. And although we do not have a verse which says it quite as explicitly as that, Walter's argument as a whole is that in this newly economically stratified society, many people within Israel are themselves guilty of having become the Egyptians who they remember within their own tradition. If that is so, three takes, three radical challenging takes on Yetziat Mitzrayim from within the book of Amos. Number one, chosenness primarily means heightened accountability. Number two, that in fact, Israel is not chosen through the Mitzrayim story, but that every nation has its own relationship with God through their own personal 
exodus. Number three, that Israel themselves have become the Egyptians. Wishing everybody a Laila Tov or a Boketov.